Thanks for bringing the curtains. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate the Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I don't know. I just, my middle name is now my middle name. And Charles Chuck Lawrence Charlie Thompson is over here across from me at the actual, in the same room. This has been almost a week now straight. Of being in the same room together. Exactly, which feels good. Ever since that disastrous day that we had. Where your internet was doing was performing so poorly, it it just we couldn't even save the episode. Couldn't even produce one. Ever since then, I was like, okay, fine, I'm gonna put on some pants and I'll go to Charlie's. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you know, back in the back in the saddle again, as they oh, say. Well, we had a busy weekend. Charlie and I went to the casino in Louisville, or just outside of Louisville. I don't know what the city just was. Just to the north. Yeah, just to the north of Louisville in in Indiana, over there. We uh we helped out a lot of people, a lot of a lot of dealers, a lot of people who own casinos, mm-hmm. people who work at the bars, all kinds of stuff. We helped them out a lot, and that's and you know we're glad to do it. I'm just doing my part. Yeah, we're glad to help. Those people need jobs. They've been closed for a while. They haven't been able to take people's money and give them nothing in return for quite a long time now, and <laughs> uh, we're happy to help. Very happy to help. I had a good time doing it. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> oh. This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, by the way. Hit the follow or subscribe button. Depends on what app you're using. We put out a new episode every single day of the week when we want to, which is darn near every single day of the week. Even sometimes on the weekends, we still put out a rehumanizing project episode yesterday that was really good. Go back and listen to that if you want to. And we have so many more of those. If you're waiting on yours to be released still, I'm I'm working on it, okay? It's, it's It takes a while. It's a coming. It takes some time, okay? And it's only once a week, so when you have, you know, 40 of them <laughs> recorded, well, that's damn near a whole year worth it of is. podcasts, all we, right? We literally do have episodes recorded that could last into February, I think, without interviewing anyone else right now. So we have a lot of them recorded at the moment Uh, when people go listen trump would have still been the president at that time speaking of i have no idea what's going to happen with the election i don't even know if we can speculate about it today because i just don't care anymore so (laughs) that's the main reason no i just i feel like i've wasted a lot of time uh speculating about things and as we always say the lawyers are going to lawyer things and then we'll see what happens you know you uh you brought up a good point several times there you kept saying when we want to and that's because we're all about liberty and freedom here and so y'all listen to the show if you want to and we uh do the episode when we want to and that's what we're all about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning in your life because we're all about some of the, some of that personal responsibility man that's what we do over here so that's what we believe in and you know what you got to be responsible for uh for the casino trips yeah, and i do. am you do Wes brings up a good point here. He says, you can relate free drinks to free college and explain it ain't free. It isn't. There's a reason they give you free drinks at the casino. Now, this one didn't. Um, it's because Indiana doesn't let you do that. Um, and, and we went there because it's only three hours from Nashville. And Nashville, still, you know, the state of Tennessee is still run by them heavy conservatives who don't like gambling. Mm-hmm. They still and got their Bible Belt song. Now, here in Tennessee, I could literally have a bonfire and I could take my $1,000 and throw it in the fire. No problem at all. 
But if I have a chance to win any money, unless it's a state-sponsored gambling lottery, then uh, can't do it. You can't do it. That's <laughs> so you know. It makes complete and total sense. You're going to go to hell, apparently. Yeah, you according will. According to the conservatives, you will go to hell if you risk your money with a chance of getting it back. If you set your money on fire, you can still go to heaven. That's fine. If you give your money to the government, you're you're still okay, even though they're just going to set it on fire. And uh, yeah, it makes complete and total sense. But in Vegas, they do give you free drinks. Now, why do they give you free drinks? So you'll keep playing and you'll get worse as you go along. And they're not actually free because <laughs> you're paying them lots of money for those free drinks. You are. And the statistical probability of, of the reason why casinos can be around is because the, the stats are on their side. And it's not much. I think blackjack. 4%. 4%, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, the, the, the slot machines are literally configured. They've got computers in them. Yes. And they are designed to not pay out more money than they take in. Exactly. So yeah. now it could be <laughs> different machines and whatever. Like I I don't play slot machines because I think I'm gonna like because I'm somehow a professional gambler. Well, you don't think you're gonna make consistent money from no, slot machines. No. You're trying to hit the hundred and twenty thousand dollar jackpot. Exactly. I play yeah. it for the thrill. Yeah. And you know, I, I hit a lot of bonuses. That's how I started out. I mean, shoot, I started out, put a couple hundred dollars in the machine. Five hits later, I hit a big bonus. I'm like, okay, so I take, I'll, you know, I'll walk away, take it away. And I was playing some, I was waiting on, here's how I made most of my money. I was waiting on a poker table. I was sitting at a penny slot. But you know, the, the trick is you got to play max bet. And so it was a penny slot, literally pennies. But I was playing $8 a spin. That was the max bet, 800 And I hit, 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 hit. All of a sudden... I won $900 <laughs> like that. Boom. Now, why didn't you just stop when you were up, Charlie? Because I was there for having, I wasn't there to actually, I, I came with the money I came with the casino. It was already gone. It didn't exist. Yeah. Those pay that paper in my wallet was already gone. It, I treat it as if it does not exist. The other thing is if you stop at $2,000, how are you ever going to be up $5,000? You know, true. You just not. What if, uh, what if Bezos would have, would have stopped when Amazon was worth a million dollars? He was like, oh yeah, I'm enough. I also heard somewhere, you know, I heard, I read somewhere that, uh, Bezos also invested $250,000 into Google in 1998. Did he really? Yeah. He probably got a little bit of money from that. It's like three say. point, basically back then that would have been 3.3 million shares. He was like one of the early investors in Google. Hmm. That, that alone is worth like four and a half billion. <sighs> If he, if he held on to it. Must be nice. Some guys get all the luck. I know. <laughs> hey, I was going to, first off, a couple conversations before we get into the news, and there are so many news items. We saw the the million MAGA march over the weekend, and I didn't watch much from it. Of course, there's all kinds of videos going around, because when uh, there are, are large groups of people that are not left-wing, well, then Antifa and BLM need to go out there and try to uh, attack them. And, of course, this will just... I don't even want to go into who started what, who did what. I think we all know that when a bunch of right-wing people, and I'm just saying Republicans, get together and march down a street, heck, they could even have 20,000 people that are all carrying guns uh, surrounding the whole place. Like, no violence happens that, at all. Mm. Have you seen the massive riots and everything that have taken place ever since it looked like Trump might 
lose this election? Have you seen that? You know, have you just seen the just roving bands of white right wing extremists going around burning places down? I haven't. No, no. And so what happens is they decide they're going to do something. And then Antifa says, we won't allow other ideologies to exist. And here's the threat. If you organize, we will try to attack you and we will be violent. And there is always this blackmail and this threat of violence over the top of you all the time. If you get together, the extremist on the left wing might actually come at you with baseball bats and, and, and try to kill you. And uh, I'm sorry. That's just, that is what it is. That's actually the thing. And so what I was thinking about this weekend, which we've talked about before, we talked about this before all the riots were going on. This is the logical conclusion of, of the socialist rhetoric of Marxism. That's why Marxism led to what it led to in the past. Because if you are saying that people who participate in this system are basically murderers or are racists or leading to the death of other people, of poor people, of minorities, of anything like that, if that becomes the truth, then you've justified any amount of violence that you want to perpetrate against those people because they're murderers. And so you can justify anything. And so that's why you have to paint everyone as white supremacists, racists, murderers. They're trying to kill grandma. They're trying to kill the poor. They're trying to do all this. And then what is the logical conclusion of that? And that is why I get upset. It's like, oh, good. Glad they got hurt. Yeah. And you, if you're going to be a principled leftist, well, then you would go out there and start hitting murderers with baseball bats that are walking down the street that just got done killing people, if that is what your ideology is, if you truly believe your ideology. And that's why it's always led to that. That's what a principled leftist would do. You're not going to say that this person is literally killing people in their spare time for fun and not go try to go stop them from doing anything, unless you don't have any principles, I guess, in your, in your beliefs. That's what it's gotten so dangerous about all this. I know, and that's that is this is the socialist, Marxist, communist rhetoric being brought to its logical conclusion. Violence is the logical conclusion of these ideologies. It has to be, because if you do actually believe those things, then of course you will eventually have to use violence to destroy the other people. You would have to. They're murderers. They're racists. They hate you. They're going to kill you. They're keeping you from having a good life. So don't be surprised when you continue to see this. These are just principled leftists out there. That's all you've got. They're defending their religion. They're, def they're defending their religion. <laughs> We've got the Crusades out there. <laughs> <laughs> the Antifa Crusades. Oh, um, One more thing I had to tell you, Charlie. I got in this little Twitter spat last night. Well, with a couple people. Um, one of them was with some libertarians because someone said you're waging a courageous battle, was waging a courageous keyboard warrioring battle last night. Mm. And are you part of the three hundred? Yeah, I've never seen that movie, <laughs> but I I would like to uh, do the, the workouts Sparta. for that. So, what basically happened was someone asked, "Is Justin Amash going to be the new Ron Paul for the Libertarian Party?" And First off, that's kind of funny because Ron Paul was a Republican for most of his most of his career. Everything everything that he is known for was as a Republican, by the way. And so so was Mosh. And so was Amash. Amash <laughs> never won an election as a libertarian. And I said no, because Amash suffers 
unfortunately, from, from TDS. I love, I love Amash, but he's got a little bit of Trump derangement syndrome. He, he has been. He's been very emotional um, and uh, has really jumped on. He jumped on the impeachment thing and, and all that with, uh, with, all the, with all the Democrats. And what I was basically saying was, um, no, Amash is not going to be the next Ron Paul because he can't be objective enough to ignore his, his hatred for certain people. And he's not strategic enough to remain a Republican instead of going over to the Libertarian Party. Yeah. So no, he's not going to be. And I got called a so-called libertarian, standing up for Trump, and all, all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, first off, that's just what happens when people are afflicted with TDS. They throw out <laughs> stupid stuff, okay? <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> so, you ran into a severe case. I did. I did. And I mean, On Twitter. listen, you can't. You can't tell a psychotic person that they're psychotic. They don't know. You can't tell a, per <laughs> a crazy person they're crazy. They'll argue with you to the death. Mm -hmm. They don't know they're crazy. All right? And it's the same thing when people are being overly emotional about something. You can't tell them that. They're overly emotional. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. And so there's no way to do that. But calling me a so-called libertarian because I said that Amash wasn't objective enough and he wasn't smart enough to just stay a Republican, no offense Actually, offense meant libertarians. Okay, Amash should have stayed a Republican. It was a stupid move. We lost a liberty, a libertarian vote in Congress to gain another uh, pissed off libertarian keyboard warrior. And that's all we gained. All right. We lost the libertarian vote simply because they wanted to have the correct name next to their name. And that's it. Yeah. And so that, that really does drive me insane. The other thing is we're not. Well, and what he did was so confusing. I still don't understand hmm. it. Yeah. Like he, he, he created an exploratory committee to run for president as a libertarian and then dropped out of that, which doesn't make sense. He would have won overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. I mean, the support for him went from, from, we didn't even know he was running until he announced he was running and everyone was going to vote for Amash pretty much. Yeah. Now he did catch some flack from the people who had been running for a while to get the libertarian nominee when he was going to come in the race two months before the nomination process. Yeah. However, he would have won, but he dropped out of that. But then he switched from a Republican to a Libertarian. Because yeah. he's like, oh, I don't want to be seen as one of those guys. So then he became the first Libertarian congressman, right? Mm -hmm. And he had raised more money than his opponents for re-election in Michigan. And I think he knew that he wasn't going to win as a Libertarian. So Obviously. So yeah. he dropped out of the race. And it's like, now what? What, where's the good? What's the accomplishment Where's here? the good that came from this? No idea. All that, uh, the only good that comes from us is, is, is if you're a, if you care about political parties. Yeah. That's the only good that possibly comes from it. On a scale of one to idea, I have none. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't care what political party votes for libertarian ideas in Congress. They could all be Republicans. They could all be Democrats. If they want to, if they want to join the socialist party of america and vote for libertarian ideas forever i don't care that's fine i don't give two bleeps whether or not the libertarian party ever mm. gets another election won for the rest of my entire life if all the people in office vote for libertarian ideas i do not care they could announce that they're gone tomorrow and so this this idea that the mosh did something great all he did was all he did was take away a libertarian vote in Congress just so he could say that he was a big L libertarian. 
And to me, that just makes you kind of a political partisan hack that doesn't have any strategery behind you. Mm-hmm. And you really just hate Trump and you hate Republicans and you can't ignore your emotions enough to, um, I don't know, just kind of get over it and vote and help the people of your district actually have a libertarian representative, even though there's a freaking R next to their name. So is he going to be the next Ron Paul? No, he's not. There's my answer. Now, that doesn't make me a, a not a libertarian for saying that. Or a so-called libertarian. A so-called libertarian. Yeah. It's just ridiculous to me. And did we... You're Like you, <clears throat> you advocating for border walls is way worse. <laughs> <It's> way worse. <laughs> <laughs> they should just default to that. I articulated, <laughs> I have articulated my border wall stance several times. <laughs> All right. It comes down to a logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. I think you should be able to check and see if someone is on the run for a violent crime from the, from the country that they are coming from. And if you have a wave of people coming through, you're going to need a place to filter them through while you're doing background checks to make sure that they're not wanted for murdering a family while they're coming across. And that's going to look like a border of some kind while you're waiting for those people to come across. And that's it. That's all I care about. You don't actually want a wall. No, yeah. no. <clears throat> what I want is type someone's name in. All right. Are you wanted by this government because you just murdered your entire family and now you're trying to come over here? No. Cool. Here you go. Have fun. That's 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 it. That's all I care about. How much money do you take from them as they cross? None. None oh, money. Okay. There we go. See? None money. <laughs> <clears throat> that's it. I just have to give you shit about that. I know. I know. Because it's you know, it's just funny. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It drives me nuts. And here's what standing for Trump looks like, by the way. We stand for truthful ideas. So Trump said that he was, he he wouldn't be sending vac- the vaccine in New York, by the way. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't see this. I'm reading it now. It's yeah. Um, kind of funny. Now, this was <clears throat> portrayed by the media as Trump was mad at Cuomo, hates New York, and is just being a little kid and keeping it from New York because he's mad. And Trump is saying that he's going to sue the administration, or Cuomo says that they're going to sue Trump, sue the administration, if they exclude New York. And so then I listened to Trump's comments on it, and it was, uh, it was a lot different. But the media itself is all saying that Trump is just throwing a temper tantrum and is going to cause people their lives. And then you could actually dig into what, Trump actually said about it. So if you want to go through this, because I've been talking for like an hour. You know, part of it might be that, yeah, which is hilarious. (laughs) Part of it could be. Right, right. But anyway, this is is Governor Cuomo threatens to sue if Trump excludes New York from vaccine plan. So New York Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo threatened to sue the Trump administration if it excludes the democratically-led state from the federal COVID-19 vaccine distribution plan. Quote, we will fight to make sure every life is protected equally because enough people have died and enough injustice has been done during COVID, Cuomo said Sunday. It stops now. It stops with this vaccine, except for nursing homes. (laughs) I didn't say that. I added that part for for Cuomo. And also Cuomo had had said that he would not trust a vaccine from the Trump administration. (laughs) So that's where the. This is going to come in. President Donald Trump on Friday announced an update to the federal government's plan to produce and deliver some 300 million doses of a safe vaccine, stating that the medicine could be available as soon as April for the general public, with the exception of places like New York State. 
The president blamed Cuomo and pol- for and political reasons for why one of the nation's most populous states would not be among the locations where the vaccine would be available. Quote, he doesn't trust where the vaccine is coming from, Trump said. So we won't be delivering it to New York until we have authorization to do so. And that pains me to say that. Well, look, Trump grew up in New York mm-hmm. from New York. <clears throat> he is a New York liberal. OK, he has been his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Tr- Trump and Cuomo have feuded over the responses to the pandemic, with the New York state governor accusing the president of being directed by bipartisanship and questioning whether his administration's development of vaccine has been politicized. Which is crazy because Cuomo has the power over the New York state. Like, I don't understand. This is what I don't get. Trump, in my estimation, as president of the United States, did... The correct thing, which is say to the governors of each state, hey, you handle it how you see fit. And then somehow they can still blame him Mm -hmm. for for their and call him a fascist dictator at the same time. Yes. Even though he said, hey, it's up to y'all. Yeah. You do what you feels necessary in your state because I don't know your state as well as you do. So the lie here is (laughs) it's interesting. The lie here is because we don't have to go in the rest of it. This is why we consistently sound like we're standing up for Trump. Because all the stuff I saw from all the media outlets were this little kid was throwing a temper tantrum because of political difference and was going to end up killing a bunch of people in New York. If you actually look in the Trump statements, what he said was, Cuomo said that he would do his own investigation into a vaccine whenever it became available, if it came from my administration, to make sure that the vaccine was actually safe. And what Trump is saying is, we are not going to send a bunch of doses to New York if if Cuomo is going to have to go through a vaccine investigation protocol with his own health officials to make sure it's safe. We're not going to send them a bunch of doses of the vaccine that is going to have to be uh, limited to people who need it first to begin with. We're not going to send them a bunch of doses. We're going to send them some. That they're going to destroy. So they can test it. (laughs) And then when they say that they are okay with it, we'll send them all of the all of the vaccine. And that's what he's saying. He said, if they're not going to take it right now, then we're going to send it to all the places that are going to use it because he's not just going to send it to New York and allow it to just sit there and not be used. And I paraphrased him. He used a lot of words like bigly and tremendous and stuff like that. But that is essentially what he said. They're not going to use it because he said that they're not going to use it. If he says, even in the quote that they put in here, we won't be delivering it to New York until we have authorization to do so. And it pains me to say that Cuomo said he didn't want a vaccine from the Trump administration, that he wouldn't trust it. But somehow this is being tweaked in by the media as Trump is throwing a temper tantrum and saying that he's not going to send any vaccines to New York and a bunch of people are going to die because Trump's immature. Like, do you see why we have to consistently sound like we're standing up for Trump we're not standing up for Trump. We're standing up for completely dishonest, insanely psychopathic media all the time. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Which I don't like. Why can't New York just order it from Pfizer? Well, I'm sure it. the government probably has the rights to, to where well, it Well, Pfizer did I it bet. without the initial investment, but they did take the $2 billion of uh, orders yeah. from, the, from the government. I'm betting whoever now, controls. I wonder what Moderna's going to do because then now they have a vaccine that's 90. 95%. Yeah, I don't know. Effective. I don't know, ma'am. And and it can use regular refrigeration. 30-day regular refrigeration. It doesn't have to be negative 95 degrees. No, I don't know. So, <laughs> They're going to have to start buying coolers from Dippin' Dots over there at uh, <laughs> Pfizer. 
So yeah. So again, defending Trump as usual. Does that make me not a libertarian because we just defended Trump? Uh, that's not actually defending Trump. We've got to people people can't just be allowed to manipulate stories and manipulate the truth all the time. And of course, did you read the end of this by the way? Uh yeah, go ahead. Let me let me finish cuz of course they have to throw this in here. Uh-huh. He, Cuomo says, quote, any plan that intentionally burdens communities of color to hinder access to vaccine to the vaccine deprives those community of equal protection under the law and equal protection is enshrined in the Constitution of the United States, blah, 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 blah. So, of course, they had to throw that in there. It's like, well, he's doing this, obviously, because he hates colored people. Yeah, he's not sending the. No, you said you didn't want it. <laughs> idiot. All all they go need back to your idiot office. And discuss idiot things. Go back and kill people and then write a book about how uh, you didn't kill anyone. That's all you got to do. Someone else's fault. Yeah. It's always someone else's fault. No, literally. This is why we talk about responsibility all the time. Who's going to take responsibility? No one. They all blame each other. They do it on purpose. It's shift the blame. It's um, and, it, and then it's pretty annoying that all they're going to have to do uh, is say, hey, we authorize this vaccine for use. All Cuomo has to say is. We'll use the vaccine as soon as you send it to us, and you guys can bring it in. And that's it. That's all Trump said. Sorry, I'm reading the comments. Wes said, got to get me a Pfizer Yeti for cold beers if they stay negative 95. <laughs> I think your beer would be frozen, Wes. Maybe. Uh, you could put your vodka in there. Yeah, could do that. That would be fine. Did you see the SpaceX launch last night? I did. Yeah. I didn't watch it live, but I, I saw videos of it. I had no idea it was happening or what? I would have watched it. But I don't understand. Like Ben Shapiro shared it and he said a NASA space, space launch. It didn't <laughs> mention SpaceX at all in there. That's interesting. And I feel like this is a really important that we sent four more astronauts. So we sent two. That was a big launch. It was you know news everywhere. Coolest thing ever. First two humans fly on the Falcon 9. And I've got a couple questions about this, though. I'm, I'm not diving into conspiracy theories here, but I just have a just one. I have. Do one you still question. think the thing didn't land on the ship? No. Not, okay. Not that. All right. Although that's possible. <laughs> it is possible. Sure. I, I have one question, but at first I want to say that uh, it's so cool that we have a private company launching people into space for cheaper than ever thought possible. Mm -hmm. And. But I just have one question. Go ahead. Now, they have cameras on this shuttle and on the rocket, and they show you when it detaches and all kinds of stuff. How is that thing not vibrating like crazy? That must be the most expensive stabilizer <laughs> attached to that rocket I've ever seen in my life. It's actually just a guy in there that's There's holding the guy. thing that, that, uh, that keeps the camera stable. I mean, that yeah. thing's got to be shaking. In fact, the Doug and whatever the other guy's name was, I don't remember. Was the, the Bob. Two, Bob and Doug, it was. Yeah. yeah. Bob and Doug are first people. <laughs> they said that the 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 dragon was a really rough ride. And so I'm sitting there thinking. I'm watching the camera mm -hmm. as this thing takes off and they switch it and you can see the flame shooting out below it. How is it the the camera not vibrating like crazy? What kind of stabilizers do they have? Well, the camera probably is vibrating like crazy, but then there's something in the editing that you can do to smooth that out. Like when you when you're streaming live. So yeah. So what they do is learn me something today, man. Say you have a picture that is yay big. Let's say it's a 1080 by by whatever. So what? So what you so would you're do? Shooting high def. Then. And it's probably way probably it's probably a little bigger than that. The the stream that they're getting. 
And so what they'll do is they will take a section inside of that. So there's the whole width of the, of the frame that they're shooting. And what they'll do is they'll naturally automatically keep for their editing software that they're sending out to people, they will cut inside of that. And so the whole picture is in here vibrating, shaking back and forth like crazy. And the editing crop that's inside of it is adjusting for that the entire time to make it look straight the whole time. And so sometimes if the camera goes like this, the crop actually moves to make it look like it's straight the whole time. And all you ever see is what's cut right there. So if it turns like this, you don't see it turn like this. It just looks like this. So, so when the actual picture moves over, the crop moves over with it, but it only just looks straight to you the whole time. Mm. And so that's what they do to stabilize images. They take the vibrations out of it. They take it out of there. The whole thing is moving, but the picture that you're being given is adjusting for that the whole time. I, mean, I just expected you're so. strapped into that rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The live group got to see that. <laughs> I did a live reenactment of the Dragon Force space flight. Dragon Force. <laughs> okay. Is this, uh, is this me? Do you want to go? Uh, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Tech, no, yeah, yeah. Talk about SpaceX. Go All right. Ahead, SpaceX man. launches four astronauts. This is like one of your favorite things in the this world. This is my favorite thing. Beginning new era for NASA. You want NASA. me to do it? I'll talk about it. Yeah, sure. It's one of your favorite things, though. Lighting up the night sky, four astronauts shot into orbit atop SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket Sunday for a 27-hour voyage to the International Space Station in the first operational flight of a commercially developed Crew Dragon capsule. What? It's the second? The last one was a test. This was an actual... Oh. They're, they're working <laughs> this time. The last so, time was... Sorry, Bob and Doug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were part of the test flights. Yeah. This one is These actually These four for people work. were the first. But on the bright ones. side, Bob and Doug didn't have to do anything. You know, they weren't actually working. They, you know, they had to work. I'm sure they did, but these people are trying to conduct actual work. <laughs> okay. I think they're going to be there for like six months or something. Highlighting right? NASA's ongoing drive to end its sole reliance on Russian Soyuz spacecraft. The Falcon 9's first stage engines ignited with a torrent of flaming, flaming exhaust. At 7.27 p.m., pushing the 229-foot-tall rocket away from the Pad 39A at Kennedy Space Center atop 1.7 million pounds of thrust. Mm. Commander Michael Hopkins, pilot. Just, just like she asked for. Pilot Victor Glover, Shannon Walker, and, and Japanese astronaut Siochi Noguchi. Strapped into the capsule they named Resilience. How'd you know that? Because you're part Asian? Yeah, I, I knew that. I think I'm related to that person, okay. actually. Poor Shannon Walker doesn't have anything special no. at all. I don't even know if it's a guy or girl, actually. I never even looked. Could be could be anyone. I don't know. Who knows? Or what they identify as. So look at the look at the differences in the costs here. This is crazy. A SpaceX launch, SpaceX launch versus a NASA launch. So Quilty. Analytics pointed out that NASA awarded SpaceX with about $1.7 billion to develop Crew Dragon, which will, by the way, when you're talking to any leftists online, that will be counted into SpaceX's um, the handouts, their, their, their welfare, their corporate welfare, their, or their money that they get from the U.S. government is actually being paid to them for services rendered later on down the road. But uh, of course, they've given them other money too. But for comparison... The Planetary Society noted that the cost to develop the space shuttle was $27 billion in 2020 dollars. Jesus. So the SpaceX capsule that they, that they paid for, or that they helped pay for, was $1.75 billion. 
Beyond the comparatively low price to build the spacecraft, Crew Dragon is also expected to be the most cost-effective spacecraft to carry astronauts. NASA awarded SpaceX with $2.4 billion for six operational missions. Dividing those up, each Crew Dragon launch costs about $400 million. With $220 million of that cost allotted to the four astronauts, NASA expects to fly per mission, or $55 million per astronaut. For comparison, Kulti estimated the space shuttle costs $1.75 billion per launch. Uh, so that's already, it was four, which each Dragon launch cost $400 million to launch. This, the space shuttle costs $1.75 billion per launch, and that's adjusted for inflation. More than four times, so NASA even said it expects the commercial crew program will save U.S. taxpayers more than $20 billion compared to the agency's previously planned for flying astronauts to the ISS compared to their previous wow. plan. So uh, the launch represents yet another nail in the heavy-handed government-led approach of developing space hardware, Quilty said. NASA asked Congress for $25 billion budget next year. $25 billion budget next year. Anderson believes that the cost savings from programs like the commercial crew will allow NASA to take those savings and put them into other space missions. <laughs> Slash burn it up yeah. as elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Slash funnel it, it to uh, friends of theirs. <laughs> it's just so, it, it's so crazy how much cheaper it is. It's safer too. They even mentioned that. I, I was watching a clip from CNN last night and the guy was talking about how much safer it was because they can, they can abort their mission if that thing starts to blow up on the pad or it, or it starts to, you know, go every which way, man, uh, they can hit the abort button and that thing just, pew, just right off the top of that. Yeah. You know? It's a I rocket mean, on a rocket. It's a rocket on a rocket that's trying to play another They actually rocket. have several abort abort zones. And I think there's some auto aborts in case it detects something. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. If it's not, if anything's not nominal, then it's like... And... And so why is this? It's because it's it's the private market. It's because SpaceX it would be needs devastating to, to SpaceX. Now they're not private yet. I, I can't wait for them to go. I mean, I'm sorry, public. Yeah, yeah. Still a private company. Yeah. Can't wait for them to go public. But um, but so but they still have shareholders. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's a private entity that still has investments in it. And uh, because they care, it would be devastating to their company if they had an accident. So it they, would. They have to make sure that everything's uh, correct. It would also be bad if they lost money every single time they ever did anything, which is why they have tried to make everything as cost-effective as possible. Whereas all NASA has to do is lobby the right people in Congress to get the right budget. Because they're stealing money. And then they can blow it on whatever they want. How, how is NASA still getting money from Congress, by the way? Didn't we? Didn't NASA go away? They got rid of the space shuttle program, but they are still conducting. They've been using Russian uh, rockets to get up to the space station and stuff like so that. So NASA's in collusion with Russia. Exactly. <laughs> and that is, it, that's where all the social media servers are too. So it's just a really big, this is how, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. real big thing. Speaking of funneling money, do I need to read an ad first? Um, not today. Okay. So speaking of funneling money, like NASA's going to do since they save so much money with SpaceX, this coming from Fox business. I also saw it as like, uh, this, this, uh, this was everywhere. But the one from Fox Business was pretty good. Tax filings reveal Biden cancer charity spent millions on salaries and zero on research. Huh. Now, look, I'm going to pick on Biden here because this is recent. However, we could talk about Trump University. We could talk about the Clinton Foundation. This is politicians in general. This is rich people in general, by mm -hmm. the way. Okay. So a cancer charity started by the good old Joe Biden, the unifier. 
Joe Biden. That's what we'll call him. Unity gave out no money to research and spent most of its contributions on staff salaries, federal filings show. The Biden Cancer Initiative was founded in 2017 by former Vice President and his wife, Jill Biden, to, quote, develop and drive implementation of solutions to accelerate pro uh, progress in cancer prevention, detection, diagnosis, research, and care, and to reduce disparities in cancer outcomes, according to its IRS mission statement. But it gave out no grants in its first two years and spent millions of the, uh, on the salaries of former Washington, D.C. aides it hired. The charity took in $4.8 million in contributions, almost $5 million, in the uh, fiscal years 2017 and 18, and spent $3 million on payroll in those years. The group's president, Gregory Simon, raked in $429,850 in uh, fiscal 2018, uh, according to the charity's most recent federal tax filings. Danielle Carnival, former chief of staff for Obama's cancer initiative, the Cancer Moonshot Task Force, who uh, took home $258,207 in 2018. The charity spent $56,000, $57,000 basically on conferences and had $59,000 on travel that year. The following year, the travel expenditure swelled to $97,000 and the nonprofit spent $742,000 on conferences, tax filing show. Jesus, <laughs> you start a cancer society. Simon had said that the main Simon point, said, yeah, he did. He said the main point of the charity was not to give out grants and that its goal was to find ways to accelerate treatment for all, regardless of their economic or cultural backgrounds, which is why we traveled around so much and had conferences. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's how we accelerate treatment, apparently. Uh, Biden heading up the uh, headed up the cancer moonshot task force. I didn't even know that existed hmm. when he was VP after his son, Bo died of brain tumor in 2015. After leaving office, the Biden cancer initiative sought to continue such efforts to provide urgent solutions to treating cancer. According to a 2017 press statement announcing its launch, the Biden stacked the board with leading oncologists and celebrity cancer survivors, including the uh, musician, Jimmy Gomez from the black eyed peas. After only two years, the charity paused its operations when Biden and his wife stepped down for Joe Biden to run for president. Although the organization is still officially active, according to the IRS, Simon said the 2019 interview uh, that without the Bidens at the helm, the charity lost its edge. We couldn't funnel as much we money. We couldn't raise. We couldn't get as many donations. <laughs> yeah. So Simon, a former Pfizer executive and longtime healthcare lobbyist who headed up the White House Cancer's task force in the Obama administration, saw his salary double from the 224000 he made in physical year 2017 tax filing show. And then I told you he made like 459 So just very interesting how you can spend. Uh, what was this on travel? That's 160 um, and then 710 And so you... Almost a million and a half dollars on travel and conferences. 1.5 million. That is interesting. And then just end up shuttering the charity. And then you're like, oh, well, it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, good job, guys. We got that money laundered. Yeah. Almost $5 million worth. <laughs> Almost $5 million. Coincidentally, it adds up to the amount of money laundered from, or that <laughs> the big guy was getting from yeah. Ukraine. <laughs> true, true. No, I mean, listen, it, to be to be fair on this, if you are going to start a charity, 
Um, you need some big people at the helm, and you're probably not going to pay out a lot of money uh, towards the causes at the very beginning of the charity. So we can say that, just like if you started a business and you had to get a bunch of big CEOs to come help run and stuff like that, those people aren't going to come work for free, and you're probably going to have to pay them some money before you actually start being profitable. And so charities, I think, would probably be the same way. But the thing that bothered me was, um, I mean, this story would have been broken two years ago if it were about someone other than Joe Biden, more than right, likely. Right. Anyone who was on the right, more than likely. And what I want to know is, okay, you got all that money. You couldn't donate some of it to to, to give some to, of it to the American Cancer Society. Somebody who's actually give doing it, research. Yeah, give it to someone who's doing some kind of cancer research. Yeah. But man... And like Todd just said, what a time for an article like this to come out. Now, this is from Fox Business, and it actually did originally come from the New York yeah, Post. Yeah, broke on the New York Post, yeah. And so they could have tried to break it earlier, I guess. Well, they couldn't because their Twitter was down. Yeah, they couldn't. <laughs> their Twitter was, was broken, so they couldn't do it. And, and Jeff said, to be fair, like I said, this is what politicians do. I mean, look, you can look at the Clinton Foundation. And they took in hundreds of millions of dollars for Haiti, and they spent almost none of it in Haiti. I think they built four houses. Oh, there was so much corruption in that. It was oh, it's insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. So and and but then they talk about how you should pay your fair share of taxes. Yeah, you know because of all these poor people. Look at all look at all these terrible people. You know we got to help them out. Don't pay attention to this funneling over here. <laughs> this is a foundation. Okay, you think this foundation can do terrible things? No, no, it's a foundation. It's a, it's a foundation. It can't do bad things, right? No, it so, only does good things. I have uh, task Nate with setting up the Good Morning Liberty Foundation, and we are going <laughs> to. Uh, what do you want to fight, Nate? Uh, tyranny. No, I want something devastating. Yeah, that's the worst thing I can think of. COVID nineteen. Bad economics. COVID nineteen. Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll fight COVID. Yeah. We'll we're, put it in the COVID research. It's, yeah, we're, yeah. Yeah. We're going to take all the money and we're going to put it into COVID-19 um, de-escalation. Okay. Well, actually, it's going to be the Good Morning Liberty uh, Antiviral Antida Foundation. Okay. So set that up for us. So we're antivirus and anti-death in general. Exactly. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about... The squad members throwing out their bill to defund the police and give reparations? Or do you want to talk about uh, the what is being highly pushed right now, which is student loan forgiveness, which I believe Joe Biden is actually out there talking about his plan. They have been they have said that through executive order, Biden could at least knock off the first fifty thousand dollars of student loans for for everyone uh, through just through. Let's talk about executive that. fiat. And so that's happening right now. I just wanted to mention this is pure coincidence, by the way, for our foundation that we're getting ready to set up. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone who's a Patreon member will be on the board. How about that? Somehow. That's how we chose our board, by the way. Mm. Not necessarily, nobody sent us a resume or anything. And we'll be working to end student debt. Yeah. As well. Let's put everything in there. So I'm going to run through some of this. We just uh, want to end world suffrage. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> no, I really like this foundation idea. Okay, so let's go through what is uh, going on inside of Joe Biden's plan. I've got two articles here. One of them was from a few days ago that was actually in the stack. And what they're saying, okay, sorry, he's actually talking about $10,000. Some of this is 
a little bit breaking right now. He said, student loan forgiveness figures in my plan. Here's what you need to know. Student loans. Biden was asked today during a press conference whether he supports student loan forgiveness and whether he would take executive action to cancel student loans. Here's what he said. Biden referenced legislation from House Democrats to cancel $10,000. House House Democrats included a provision to cancel student loans in the HEROES Act uh, that was proposed earlier this year. And what did he actually say about doing this? It said this plan to cancel student loan debt is likely for federal loans only, which is like over 90% of all of the student loans are held by the federal government, by the way. And Biden said that he supports the legislation, but he did not answer the question whether he would cancel student loans through executive order. So that is actually what's going on right now. There is a really big push for this at the moment. And a lot of people saying that he can do this through executive order, or at least a pretty good amount. So let's go through. Well, he technically can. Yeah. Since he, it's done through the Department of Education. A, a lot of it. So a lot of it can be. Yeah. yeah. This article right here kind of details. Just like Trump didn't collect the penalty for the IRS for, mm-hmm. for taxes. If you didn't have health insurance, he can he can direct the IRS to say, hey, don't don't collect it. They can they can direct the Department of Education to not collect whatever this amount is of money. The problem is with creating all yeah. these, we're literally setting up organizations to create a king. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's happening. We're literally Congress up has a king. absolved themselves of the responsibility for these types of things, and so and then they well you have the option um, to where the through through the pen and the phone. Mm-hmm. It's more than likely just going to be a computer here soon. I don't know why they still use a pen and a phone. <laughs> a stylist in, just, his, in his Palm Pilot. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me get out my BlackBerry. All right. So from Yahoo Finance, there are two routes that could cancel student debt in theory, either through legislation or through an executive action. In practice, student loan forgiveness could, could be either included as part of a new stimulus package passed by Congress or enacted by President Biden asking the Secretary of Education to cancel debt. It said, uh, we are committed, this is a quote from Natalia Abrams, we're committed to fighting to ensure that student debt relief is included in any future stimulus deal, who is the executive director and co-founder of Student Debt Crisis, which is a uh, lobbying commission that gives money to politicians so they will do what they want. The executive order route is premised on the Higher Education Act, which provides broad authority to the president through the education secretary to cancel debt. Quote, I have a proposal with Elizabeth Warren that is the first 50,000 of debt to be vanquished, said Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, asserted recently, and we believe that Joe Biden can do that with the pen as opposed to legislation, which is also, by the way, on Joe Biden's part, done with a pen. This is insane. But the Biden administration would have the power and legal authority to order their Department of Education to cancel millions in student debts on day one of their administration. And by the way, that's not what they're going to do. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to defer it as long as there is a Democrat in office. That is what they will do. Hang on. Yeah. That's the person who just said that quote. She is the, she's a project on predatory lending legal director, Ellen Connor. Now, who do you think gives out the loans for college? Yeah. It's the federal government. (laughs) Project on predatory lending legal director. (laughs) And it's the federal government that owns all the loans. Oh my God. You just can't make this stuff up. It's too good. It's golden. So Elizabeth Warren said President-elect Biden. And did you catch what I said that now they might not do this? My House of Cards idea here is they'll say, well, we can't cancel it. What we can do is we're going to defer it every year and you don't have to pay it. And so then the political tactic on top of that will be, 
if you don't elect the next Democrat, the Republicans going to stop deferring the loans and you're going to have to start paying your student loans. That's what I would do if I were a Democrat. Just so you but know. if you defer them, does the interest keep calculating? Well, defer them with no interest. So basically, as long as there is a Democrat in office, you don't have to pay the loans. If a Republican wins, then the threat will be that you have to start paying the loans. That's what they should do. If they're going to try to, you know, use this as a political weapon like they normally would. Just saying. If they were as evil as you. If they were as evil. <laughs> I watched a lot of House of Cards. That's a good show, okay? Uh, Elizabeth Warren said President-elect Biden, office of President-elect uh, runner Biden has already committed to re-entering the Paris Climate Accord, reinstating DACA and ending the travel ban against certain Muslim countries. Certain Muslim countries. Different, different <laughs> ones. But there are lots of big changes that Biden-Harris administration can achieve on day one. Number one, they can cancel billions of dollars in student loan debt, giving tens of millions of Americans an immediate financial boost and helping to close the racial wealth gap. How about we stop stealing people's money Yeah, so they can pay their loans back? And so... It says cancellation won't happen overnight. Outstanding student loan debt in the U.S. is nearing $1.7 trillion, according to the New York Fed. Quote, this is something that has been crushing the hopes and dreams of too many Americans for far too long, actually having to pay for the things that are part of your hopes and dreams. That's been crushing them. <laughs> Former presidential candidate Andrew Yang stressed on Yahoo Finance. I'm, he said, quote, I met people on the campaign trail who were in their 50s and 60s and still struggling with some of the $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. That's a heck of, I mean, they took, they must've gone to a nice school. Let me tell you what. Yeah. Hope <laughs> you enjoyed your time. That keg stand must've been worth it. Around 7% of that debt is in serious delinquency as of July, 2020 amid the coronavirus pandemic, the federal government's payment pause on federal loans has helped many borrowers. Uh, at the same time, when we get down to this other crazy thing, economic activity would be boosted by doing this, Charlie. Weird. Yeah. Canceling debt would have ripple effects, experts stated previously. Let's only talk about the good ones. One report by Moody's Investor Service says that forgiving student loans would simulate the economy in the near term by serving as a tax cut-like stimulus. <laughs> this is an article, a leftist article that is making the argument that canceling student debt would boost the economy because it would be like a tax cut. Okay. I just don't know if anyone is picking that up or not. I can't even. All right. I just, oh, man, it just feels so good to be on the side of truth all the time. <laughs> just a, laugh. I could just laugh and enjoy myself. Quote, a partial or total student debt cancellation would increase households' disposable income by the amount of debt service saved, the report stated. Economic activity would in turn be boosted by the portion of these debt service savings channeled into other current and investment spending. At the same time, some households could potentially increase spending beyond their debt service savings if they're improved financial wealth, so they'll be able to take out more loans, is what they eventually say, because they'll, they'll uh, have better credit, things like that. Well, I don't know if the student loans actually affect your credit, but uh, do they? I, is that why mine's so bad? I, they might. And since more than 90% of the student debt is in the hands of the U.S. government, the report noted forgiving that debt isn't all that different from slashing taxes to the government. <laughs> It's not, diff it's not that different. It's not that different. Yeah. We should do it because it'd obviously be a good thing, right? Right. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter that all that money's already been paid out into our society and the, they're, you know, they're trying to recoup it. Remember, I mean, this money that they, they take it and they give it to the schools and the schools pays, pays their, you know, their millionaire professors and stuff like that. 
and uh, and then they're multimillionaire Native American professors. <laughs> they do they do all these things, and so the money already goes out there. And then you say you don't ever have to go pay it back, which means obviously that the government just printed a bunch of fake money and then gave it to colleges all over the place, and it's just. It's crazy, but they keep what's what's crazy is they keep referring it, and they it's all, all uh, it isn't all that different from slashing taxes to the government, much like the tax free weekends we see. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's an economic boost. So weird. You just stop stealing people's money. Stop stealing. Although this isn't stealing because it's something that you uh you signed and and took out. I wonder out. if it like so fifty thousand dollars does that mean everybody get like what if you haven't gone to college yet. I, I think everyone get, gets fifty thousand. I assume you get fifty thousand towards college. That's a good question. What if you're going to college starting next year? You get fifty thousand right. for right. free. Yeah. Mm. Well, Stephanie's thinking about going back to school. I've been thinking about going and getting an economics degree, but I'm worried the teacher is going to hate me <laughs> <laughs> so, and not pass you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. So it says, aside from boosting economic growth. By the way, they make they liken it to cutting taxes several times to make this point. Forgiveness also frees Americans from debt and the repercussions of bad decisions, <laughs> allowing them to increase spending, improve their credit scores, and spend more on consumer goods. And of course, what's the last paragraph say? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Tell me the last paragraph. Cancellation will disproportionately impact black and brown borrowers, low-income borrowers, and female borrowers, Harrington noted, stressing that is especially true for black borrowers because of the history of discriminatory policies in the financial marketplace that continue to this day. So, oh, of course, of course, of course. Now, okay, we could do a whole podcast on discriminatory policies because luckily that is something that Thomas Sowell spends a ton of time on in basic economics, and that is a complete fallacy Yes, uh, for sure. Um, but Look, if you're in the business of lending money, yeah, you don't want to lend money to anyone. You don't actually who doesn't want to give it back to you. Yeah, and That's, if you you look at someone's credit, and if it's bad, then you don't do it. Now, statistically, over time, now we can talk about the drug war and racism and all kinds of stuff that led to all of the things that equal right now. Uh, different portions of the society. That's what I was credit scores. At. What's the yeah. what's that? What's at the actual bottom of yeah. all this? That's where you actually get to it. Not that a bank doesn't want to give someone with a bad credit score money. Right. That's not... It's not their fault. It's not a discriminatory <laughs> bank. They're giving out money and they need it back. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Uh, uh, Jeff just said, reading basic economics 20 times qualifies you for a PhD in economics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go to the University of Chicago, Nate. I've thought about that, but I mean, I'm going to do something. I've been looking at doing something online because I think it would help uh, the podcast and everything that we do. If it if it did say that I had a degree in economics, I mean, heck, AOC might run for president someday. And she doesn't know <laughs> jack shit about economics, obviously. But she has a degree. In. But she's got a degree. Yeah. So, so hey, maybe we can do that. It's just, there's a lot of parts of this. College is too expensive, but making it free or canceling the debt does nothing for the actual problem. And if we're not going to address why college is too expensive then we don't need to do anything at all. And the reason the college is so expensive is because of stuff like this. Where is the incentive for colleges to lower their prices? After they're like, oh, 
Everyone just got, no one's mad at us anymore. By the way, why aren't there any riots outside the freaking offices of the people who run the colleges? Right. Charging all this insane amounts of money. And uh, anyway, um, all we need to do is decrease the amount of money that is available through the government, through taxation, through forced money. Uh, and the colleges are going to be forced to lower their prices. They could even lower them down to where people could afford to do it, you know, on their own. Like they used to. They could do that. <laughs> All the but all the colleges are going to celebrate this. Yeah. They're all getting together thinking about how much they could raise their prices because of, well, shoot, if the government's going to forgive this debt, well, then everybody's going to think they're going to get forgive more debt probably. So mm -hmm. we'll just keep raising our prices and, you know, everybody's going to benefit. You think colleges ever think about cranking out thousands of people who are going to push for college to be paid for by the government <laughs> for the rest of their lives? <laughs> how much free government money did Elizabeth Warren get for, to you know? A lot. Essentially, if they forgive this debt. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. And she technically gets government money. Yeah. It's, it's teaching her one class at Harvard. What this does is it removes the consequences of bad decisions, which are people going to college to get degrees that they're never going to use uh, or that don't have any value in the marketplace. And they still will go $200,000 in debt to go do that so they can get their college experience, which is like a new, uh, which is like a different theme on Zoom, I think. <laughs> That's what you get right now. Yeah. Uh, there need to be some repercussions of the bad decisions here. And some of that's going to be paying for it. And if people actually have to pay for it, then colleges are going to see that people are going to stop going to those super expensive colleges. And maybe they'll have to think about lowering their prices. But the more you make money available from the government for people going to college, to the keep more making bad decisions, to keep making bad decisions, the more incentive they will have to continue raising their prices all the time. And that goes with healthcare, just like Wes just said. It goes with, I mean, it goes to everything that the government puts money into. You have to have an incentive to have lower prices. Everyone does. We started off by talking about SpaceX and NASA. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yes. It's the exact same thing. No incentive. No incentive for NASA to lower the prices. Look at SpaceX. Look how much cheaper they are. The answer is not to cancel all of NASA's debt so we can have better space travel. That's not what the answer is. It's to let SpaceX do it. That's a freaking answer. All right? In fact, the best one is their 90% reduction in the cost to send satellites into space. <laughs> I know. It's, it's insane, the Dude, difference. They're getting crazy download speeds. And where was a person testing? Like it was someone at a, at a research thing in Antarctica or something. Like someone at a scientific research thing. And they picked up a space, one of SpaceX's satellites. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, the Link something. Uh, yeah. I can't remember what it is Link, now. Linknet. I can't, I, I wanted to say Neuralink, but I don't think we're installing that yet. Yeah. I, so, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, man, tell me, tell me about how your day is going. It's going good. I'm mm -hmm. trying to look up what the, uh, what the internet, SpaceX internet is. SpaceX, Starlink. Starlink. Yes. Starlink, Starbright. <laughs> oh, how I wish my internet was better. <laughs> Maybe it will be someday. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, this is a, uh, you Good show. Yeah, I think I like it. All right, guys. Um, our, yeah, we got more stuff, but we can move on uh, to all those things tomorrow. We've got some evergreen conversations here, meaning we can talk about them anytime. They're, they can always be available. <laughs> so if you are interested, go to mastermystonks.com if you want to trade some stonks. Okay. The market has been pretty crazy lately. I don't know if you know, but there's been an election going on. There's been COVID stuff going on. Vaccines. Uh, vaccines coming out. And then there's people shutting down their economies. 
all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And what that does, that creates some opportunities in the market. Mm -hmm. It creates opportunity. And so if you want that opportunity to go learn, learn strategies, learn how to use the charting systems, the brokerage platforms, all that stuff, then you want to go to mastermystonks.com and learn from the two of us, yours truly, mainly me. Charlie's got a lot of videos on there, but he's been busy making money from the government's healthcare system. <laughs> <laughs> well, private yeah. companies who are it forced is. to conform yeah. to government regulation. <laughs> you would like to, for it to not exist. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to, uh, I would like to podcast my way out of my own, my other business. <laughs> <laughs> you want your podcast to destroy your other job. Mm. Principally, principally. Yes. You know, right. I, I feel like I'm helping people because I am developing software that helps you know, them navigate mm -hmm. all the regulation. That's what I'm doing. Efficiency. But, yeah. I'm trying to create efficiency, but what's, you know, I wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. If it weren't for all the government regulation, it would already be efficient. <laughs> so anyway, there's, I don't know what the number is. There's over 250 videos on there. I put up two new videos today, about 45 minutes worth of video went onto the website today, mastermystonks.com. Go check it out. Go sign up, do it ASAP. And then also, <laughs> true. And I wonder if we can lobby to get this included in that in the student loan forgiveness. We'd probably some accreditation that needs to go through. I, yeah. I would say, but we'll figure it out. I hear that this debt's going to get knocked off and get paid for someday. Yeah. Just kidding. Sam says, "Sign up now. The first fifty thousand in class fees will be free when <laughs> Lord Biden becomes ruler." <laughs> right now, he's just Lord elect. Yeah. <laughs> Lord elect. That's hilarious. Well, he works. He's the head of the office of the Lord elect. That's what he's, That's, what he's running okay. right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lord Biden. All right. Can tell we me go, about can we go back quick. to Can we go back to feudal days? Sure. <laughs> sure. That'd be hilarious. We might be there. Yeah, pretty we just close. had the illusion that we're not. <laughs> right. All right, y'all, sign up for the Patreon group. You can interact with us, make us laugh, and have a good time in the live show. But there's also all kinds of other perks in there. Patreon.com slash GoodMorningLiberty. For as little as five bucks a month, that gets you into the live show. It's a lot of fun every single day when we go live to have this crowd in here that we always talk to. It makes the show better, I believe. And I think uh, everyone else does, too, because the numbers keep going up, and we appreciate that. So Patreon.com slash GoodMorningLiberty. Patreon.com slash GoodMorningLiberty. Sign up. Be there or be, just be there. And <laughs> please continue to share the show with a friend. I am Sir Chuck of Nashville, and I have lots of land. And, uh, you know, I I pay my taxes that I owe. Sir Chuck of Nashville? <laughs> yeah. Is that like Robin of Loxley? Like, is that like a, mm -hmm. that's your. Yeah, I am royalty. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I'm, I'm from thick bloodlines. <laughs> they were saying like everyone used to say because he didn't know i mean we couldn't look people up on facebook actually this is way pre-facebook maybe like nathaniel third nathaniel of vienna or of illinois nathaniel is that the is that the illinois thurston's is that where you, where you come from <laughs> yes sir yes it was the illinois thurston's <laughs> anyway i just thought it'd be cool if that's how we still hey, do your things. dad's a big landowner there so, yeah he's probably definitely high up <laughs> and some type of monarchy. He, he is. It's a, He's got more votes there than everyone else. <laughs> he <you> does. <laughs> <laughs> Please share the show with a friend. Tell your communist uncle and your dearest uh, aunt and your tell your cousins. I have a lot of cousins that hate me for some reason. 
um, because I have this show. Because they're principled leftists. Exactly. Like, why wouldn't they hate you? Yeah, because I, <laughs> I defy their worship. Yeah. So tell your friend, tell an enemy, and then leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental filth my physical as well as my mental fitness and uh, to uh